0: Our scripture reading this morning is from John, the 14th chapter, verses 14 to 16. I invite you to either uh, read along in your Bibles or on the uh, bottom of your bulletin and read with me out loud. I am the Good Shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so. I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. God bless the reading of his word. Wondering if Lucas is around, within earshot. <laughs> um, good morning, church family. Uh, so, um, as you can see, I'm back. It's been a while, I haven't seen you guys in a long time, but um, I'm just up here to say thank you very much for um, all the prayers, all the support, and uh, you know, just everything. I know you guys are always thinking of me, even though I'm not here. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back. (laughs) Amen. You know, we do care a lot about our young people, and there are young people off camping, and this week there are, camp, there are people that are at universities and colleges um, all over the place that are, have left our home here and are attending in other places. And um, I'm not sure, Ellie, are you still here? Are you out? I think she might be out there. Um, we have a lot of young people that are um, in universities all around the world. And we have one young lady that's uh, going to be going to another country. And I was just wondering if we could pause just a minute, and if she's not here, that's okay. She might be downstairs or somewhere. Um, if we could pause and have a prayer with her as we, as we send her off. So, just one minute, okay. And today I'm going to go off script. So, um, I'm going to go ahead a little bit. Maybe technical difficulties. Hmm. Maybe advance it to the lamb. Ellie, you didn't know I was going to do this. Could you please come up? And I know you're not uh, an upfront person all the time, but I was wondering if you could come up. I know you're about ready to make a journey. And um, as your church family, we wanted to have a prayer with you this morning and send you off because we know that each young person that leaves this church is like an emissary of who we are. And so wherever you go, you're still part of us. And so when people see you, they'll be like, well, where do you belong? And you can tell them you belong with us as, as your church family. So let's have a prayer this this morning. Father in heaven, I pray that you'll be with Ellie she's going to Italy. Um, I know she's not the only one that's leaving and going to school, but dear Father, it seems like a little further away. And we just pray that you'll be with her as she is our emissary, as she represents us too, dear Father. And as she gets an education there in more than just language, but in culture and also in the books, we pray that you'll be with her. And dear Father, I just want to thank you for her and her ministry while she's here and that you'll bless her and keep her until she can come back home uh, during Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. We send you off as part of our family. Thank you. (laughs) And if you have young people we pray for them all the time. I know there are some that are just up the road, some that are just across town, some that are, you know, in the next county or even further up, but we do not stop praying for them, and they are representatives of who we are. And I'm going to throw the guys in the back, uh, in the back there a, a, a loop because I'm not preaching the sermon that I, uh, that I had. I'd like you to turn your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. They used to call this extemporaneous preaching and all of us prayed and vowed that we would never do this. But I feel that I have to this morning. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18. This is a charge to a young pastor, one that is leaving and uh, going to do some ministry. And Paul is writing to him and saying, Timothy, my son, I am going to give you a command in keeping with the prophecy that, that was once made about you so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to the faith and good conscience, and some having rejected, and some had suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among them are Hemaetus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not of blasphemy. And then you go to the next chapter, and you can say, I urge you then, first of all, the petitions, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving to be made for all people, For kings and all those in authority, that they may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has been witnessed to in proper time. For the purpose that I am appointed to herald as an apostle, I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore, I want the men of everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly and decently and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or extensive clothes, expensive clothes, but in good deeds appropriate for women to profess to God their worship. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission, and we can go there later because we've already discussed that a little bit, means that uh, they are in submission to God. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Uh, For Adam was formed first and then Eve, and Adam was not of one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner, but women will be saved through childbearing if they could continue in faith, love, holiness, and propriety. You see, this was not done in a vacuum. This whole thing was not done in a vacuum. It was done in a church where they thought, they thought that everyone was more important than God himself. And as I see this and as I read it, we read it through a lens. How many of you got a little bit chafing at the end there? I did. I was like, wait a minute. But the context is everything. The context is everything in the Bible because we have some assumptions. We have some assumptions nowadays that say, listen, it's political, is it not what they just said? It's not political because in the church that was going on during that time, there was a place that they worship idols very near, and most of the people that had to do with that facility were women. So you can't look at this and say, this is a, a message for every single woman out there everywhere. We can't. It's impossible. But it is something that has to be looked at and reckoned with, and we're going to do that in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a committee that meets together and talks about something like this, talking about the leadership of our church. It's important to realize that when the Bible is talking, it's not talking in a vacuum. Did you realize that Property exchanged itself through women in the Bible? How many of you knew that? How many of you remember the story of Ruth? How did the property transfer to Boaz? Through Naomi and then through Ruth. You see, the problem is we come with these lenses nowadays and we look and we say that, oh, it's just the way that I think it is. It's not at all. In fact, the Bible is not political. It's not political at all. It is spiritual. And when the Bible talks about spirituality, it is talking about listening to what he has to say. And when Timothy is being exalted here, he's saying, I am sending you out as a young person to do the ministry that you're going to do, and I want you to teach these things. And by the way, this is only chapter 2. You need to read verse 3, 4, chapter 3 and 4, and all the way to the end of Timothy, and then 2 Timothy, if you're going to understand the ministry that Timothy did. You can't just take this little bit and go, oh, this is terrible. It talks about don't be anger filled or dispute with one another it talks about that before it talks about some of these other things and submission is something that is very very touchy subject in the world we live in right now because it says women submit to men but then you forget you got to read the rest of the chapters the rest of the chapters say men love your wife Love the church with all your heart. And that is something that men have a hard time with because we like to respect. For instance, if I had a man come up here, I'm not going to do it this morning because I'll get beat up. If I would have a man come up here and I would haul off and I would just pow as hard as I could, what would happen? He'd hit me back or never show up again. That's because I showed him disrespect. I can say I love him all I want. He doesn't care. But when I disrespect him, that's a problem. And ladies, if I pulled a lady up here and I told her how unfitting she is because of how she was dressed this morning, what would happen to me besides death? What would happen to me? She would have an emotional response that was adequate to what I gave her to. She'd be very angry at me and maybe never even come back to church because I'd embarrass her in public. You see, we, we approach things different, but the scars are deep on both ends. Men know how to respect. Women know how to love. And when we try to make sure that we understand each other, I think we need to really, really understand what the Bible is talking about. And really what the Bible is talking about is if you are a person that is a lady and you think that you need to have all the importance in the world and everybody needs to focus on you, this text is for you. You need to submit. And likewise, men, if you think that you're all, and you're all this kind of stuff and you're important and all that, God says, I want you to respect not only me, but I want you to respect the women of the church. Because how many of you men would find it easy giving a Bible study to a lady? Some of you are like, ah, it's no problem. But you wouldn't understand sometimes. And likewise, a lady, if you were going to give a Bible study to a man, it's a little different. And so I thought I'd have to share this just as an introduction today. And then I want to end the sermon with what I started with. And that's going back to 1 Timothy One verse 18. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you a command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. There's prophecies about Timothy. So that you recall them, that you may fight the battle well, holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. How many of you have ever heard about this thing in the Bible that says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? Have you ever wondered why it says remember? It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that it says remember because we forget. And then all of a sudden our minds go to, I can do this, I can't do this, I can do this, and I can't do this. That's not where I'm going this morning. If you respect God, what does it look like to keep the Sabbath? If you love God, what does it look like to keep the Sabbath? It looks very different. For men, if I respect God... There are certain things that I can't do on that day because that would not be a sign of respect to God. Ladies, there are certain things on Sabbath that if you really love God, that you really can't do. You say, no, that's not going to happen. I love God so much, that's not going to happen. And yet, we are in this family together as men and women, children, and we all look at things just a little bit different. And as we look at those things a little bit different, I am reminded what Timothy was given by Paul It was a charge. I want you to not forget the things that you have been taught. All of them are valid. If you look at their 28 fundamental beliefs, all of those beliefs are valid. They are based in God. But as we send you off, we want you to remember some things that are very particular. And I just covered a few of them. But it says, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from because it is based and your roots are deep. How many of you have ever watched a plant start to grow? What happens first? A little sprout, and it goes down, and then a little leaf comes up, and that sprout that goes down, does it say just one sprout? No, it goes out like this, and it gets in, and it st- starts to find all the nutrients, and then it goes even deeper, and it finds even more nutrients, and then plant gets bigger, and the roots go deeper. That's kind of how we are as Christians, that we put down this little root into the into the fabric of who we were and how we came up in the church. And then we start branching out and we start analyzing how other people's lives are in the church. Take a little bit from here, a little bit from here, nutrients from here, a little bit nutrients from here. That's why it says it takes a village to raise a child. And as they grow, as the children grow, they put on the leaves of their own. And after a while, uh, they can support themselves by making their own energy. And so as we send children out, I don't want to send them out with the thing that says, your church family loves you, but we're all fighting. I want them to know that we're having a discussion. We love each other. But you know what? We're sending you out with the hopes and dreams of who we are. We've already sent a number of young people out to the universities in the last two weeks. I don't know how many of you have been downtown, but I was downtown... uh, I think it was last Sabbath, and I was like, "Woo, man, they're back because the streets are packed. And uh, then I went there noon yesterday. Lucas and I went to the hospital noon yesterday, and we were like, oh, I thought they were back, but they're back even worse than I thought. I mean, they're all over the roads, and they're all over in the cars and everywhere down there. This is a wonderful place to be. I love it. And then we're like, whoops, we're going to be late. But anyhow, that's beside the point. The young people of this church are our legacy. And as Paul sent Timothy out, as there are lots of things that we have not even learned as a church, I pray that we have patience with one another. It says here, I hold on to the faith, a good conscience which some have rejected and some have suffered shipwreck. If you look at a shipwreck, that's not a good thing. Who was the one that suffered the shipwreck in this one? Paul, not Timothy. Paul's life was a mess, not Timothy's. But he says, I want you to know that even though I have that, I have regards to faith. How many of you have faith in Jesus? I do. How many of you have faith in the people that are around you? I do. How many of you have faith that your children will learn from your mistakes and that they will hopefully not make the same mistakes? And you know what? They're going to make the same mistakes. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, it's, it's hereditary. I did that too. But God knows that because He created it Adam and Eve. Going back to Adam and Eve, can you imagine what God was feeling like after He created them and put them into this new, new world? And they just and a promise of a Messiah. And as he made a promise of the Messiah, he said that he'll come back someday, he'll make everything OK. And when Jesus was born, I can't even imagine what God was going through. I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine what it was like with Mary and Joseph raising that child. And the day that he is 12 years old, he went missing. Do you realize the ramifications of that? 12 years old, he's an adult. You and I were like, our children are adult at 18, but you can't leave the house. (laughs) You're 21? Well, yes, we have to. out. Sometimes even longer than that. But can you imagine, at 12 years old, Jesus is discussing with the learned people of the nation, and they're worried that He's lost, and He's like, I'm doing my Father's business. What would it be like for our children to be like Timothy, sent out in an uncertain world, even the world we live in in this church, uncertain, but what would it look like if they all of a sudden were given and entrusted more than just our prayers but they were given our full support. What would it look like? So this morning, a charge to all the young people. I don't know if you're watching. I don't even know if you're, uh, you're looking around going, hey, I'm the young people in this church. But a charge to you to not only keep the faith, but to lead out even for some of us that are older. Because as us being older, we've been through shipwrecks and all kinds of crazy things And we have expectations of you. And then you look at the story of Timothy and you realize the wonderful things that he did. This afternoon or this week, I encourage you, look at the things that Timothy did with just a simple charge of one mentor. And realize that God is still involved in everything we do. So today I was going to talk about promises. I was going to talk about covenants and all that kind of stuff. But I just thought I'd stick with the promise And the promise is that every single generation that comes up, every single generation is blessed with the Holy Spirit. And as blessed with the Holy Spirit, you know our imperfections as a church, but we are your family and we encourage you as you do ministry in this church and somewhere else where you go that we are behind you praying like never before. And as we pray for you, we realize that you will make choices and decisions what we're just praying that you'll make the right ones and that you'll make them in a way that forwards the message of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads today. Our Father in heaven, we have a lot of young people in this church. We have a lot of new people that uh, have some talents and things that they could share with this church. Dear Father, we have a whole university that is teeming with young people around here. We pray, dear Father, that you'll just be with us as a church family as we figure some things out, as we uh, try and kind of make sure some wounds are, are healed, and as things are going on, we pray that you'll just help us along the way. And dear Father, I just want to celebrate the young of our church, the youth. And dear Father, the potential that they have, I just want to pray that you'll pour an extra measure of the Holy Spirit upon them today. In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, we do have a meeting that needs to happen. I know that um, Adam is going to be gone for a couple of weeks. But um, those of you who are asked to be on the special committee that talks about the leadership of the church, if we could think about meeting in the next two to three weeks um, on a Thursday if possible, if you would just email me, and I'll get a list from Anita and make sure that we uh, gather together and uh, start discussing things so we can move forward. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful Sabbath. Please stand with me and sing our closing song, Be Thou My Vision, that our vision, your personal vision,